0: Good morning, Faith Fellowship. Good, morning. good, morning. good to see you and uh, good to hear you. But that's all I want to hear from you, Zoomlandia. Check your microphones and mute them for me, please. Uh, on Zoomland, I, I'd see you probably notice our little bit of ambiance because it's <laughs> dark in here. Um, we don't have natural light, you know, it's raining today. And so just bear with us. Uh, perhaps just listening will be a comfort enough. If You have your Bible be turning to Acts chapter 13. This is our, I believe, third installment in this series that we're going to kind of be looking at over Acts chapter 13. We'll be in four through 12. Now you say, well, Dale, last time we were in one through five. Uh, yeah, we need to, we just need to touch four just so you be reminded of kind of what we're looking at. And I want to start with something, is what I said in terms of the introduction for Acts chapter 13. You will have the right walk, the right witness, and the right way when you are truly in the spirit. That was the conclusion from just looking at that introduction. And the one thing that I want you to kind of examine as you look at Acts chapter 13, and perhaps you read that in your personal quiet time or just to even just to stay with me, you kind of look at it. I want you to understand that these individuals that have been sent out are individuals that are working under the authority of the Holy Spirit, not their own authority. The ability by which they do what they do is by the Holy Spirit. The promotion of the church and the and expansion of that is obviously the work of the Spirit. And so, man, we gotta, we got to see that because why? Well, that's how we want to operate. That's the only time you really true See true power engaged is when it's the Holy Spirit at work in your life and not through the flesh. Our chapter breakdown from last time that we were together, Paul and Barnabas sent out. One through five, we see that leading in the spirit. And so I just have that title there just because that's what that last message that I taught was, the Sorcerer of the Isle of Paphos is what we're going to be looking at today. Paul's message, we'll look at that next week or next time, whenever I'm teaching next, I don't know what day it is. <laughs> and so it could, it could be one of those Sundays where somebody else is going to be teaching. And so the next time I'm up here will be that. And that may be two weeks, it's a lot of verses. And, um, and then the people's response being the last thing. Our last time we were together also, just in terms of those practical things up front, and I wanted to tie this for sure for to you, for all of you that are in our First Timothy Bible studies, you know we've been looking at uh, leadership very closely. And the thing that I pray that you are walking away from is do not just see the title and say, okay, that is only for those that are in search of that title. No, that is the call to all that call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, those traits that we see that exist within First Timothy should be true of all of us. And you don't just switch on a light, right? Oh, I'm going to be deacon. Better start acting like one. No, it doesn't work like that, right? And so what did we say last time? Leadership starts with maturity. Leaders work is what we saw from last time. Leaders pray. Leaders are submitted to leaders. That is so critical. Guys, I'm telling you, that one, I should put in bold, because it's easy when you become a leader to all of a sudden just ignore any leader that is either parallel with you or over you, because you're a leader. And that's it's not the Lord's structure. Leaders are led by the Holy Spirit, and then leaders preach the word, which brings us to why we need to start back in four. We know that this context is now Paul and Barnabas and John Mark have been sent out. And so let's read the text and see what it says, 4 through 12, if you have your Bible. It says this, starting in verse 4. So they, oh, no, (laughs) 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 so they, being sent forth by the Holy Ghost, departed unto Seleucia. And from thence they sailed to Cyprus. And when they were at Salamis, which is on the east coast of Cyprus, by the way, They preached the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews, and they had also John to their minister. So you see there being led by the Holy Spirit from last time we were together and leaders preached the word, you see what they're doing there. And it it doesn't mention great commotion or anything, but it does highlight something that is very true of God's word in terms that Israel first, the Lord will always make sure that they have an opportunity. And so you just see that. It's just another, it just confirms that thing, that verse that says that, right? Now let's keep going. It says in verse six, and when they had gone through the island to Paphos, they found a certain sorcerer, a false prophet, a Jew whose name was Bar Jesus, which was the de- excuse me, which was with the deputy of the country, Sergius Paulus, a prudent man who called for Barnabas and Saul and desired to hear the word of God. But Elumus, the sorcerer, for so is his name by interpretation. And so for those of you don't get confused, this is Bar Jesus. OK, same person, all right? For so is his name by interpretation. Withstood them, seeking to turn away the deputy from the faith. Then Saul, who is also called Paul, so Saul being his Hebrew name, Paul being his Greek name. OK, that, you OK with that? All right. Filled with the Holy Ghost, set his eyes on him, and said, O full of all subtlety and all mischief, thou child of the devil, thou enemy of all righteousness, wilt thou not cease to pervert the right ways of the Lord? And now behold, the hand of the Lord is upon thee, and thou shalt be blind, and not seeing the sun for a season. And immediately there fell on him a mist and a darkness, and he went about seeking some to lead him by the hand. Then the deputy, when he saw what was done, believed, being astonished at the doctrine of the Lord. And so I think there is a slide that has um, where we are just so geographically. Americans generally are horrible with uh, geography. And so this is where we are here. You see Cyprus. So okay, they had to get you know like it, it just think from Antioch to Seleucia, the airport <laughs> or the seaport. Okay, get on the boat. Now I'm going to Salamis. Okay, this is where they got into the synagogues. So they travel all the way across. Now something that's interesting, just a, a kind of interesting note, is generally when they go to synagogues, they're being thrown out and run out. But like in this case, they're able to make it across that entire island. Praise the Lord. Right. Like, I mean, like, it's kind of like a check in. <laughs> hey, man, this is what we're going to be doing. We want to make sure that you have it, the household of faith. Right. Let's let's try to get you in and tell you what's going on. And hey, man, no, no drama. OK, let's get here. Drama, pathos. OK, so here is this then. The theme is spiritual warfare. And the one thing that you have to know for those of you that are kind of new to studying your Bible is you have three enemies, obviously, your flesh, the world, and the devil. And what you're going to kind of see in this case is the world and the devil kind of in, in, the, same, in the same space. And I will, I will explain that once we kind of get into that. Our main characters, obviously, Bar-Jesus, uh, Alehumas, Sergius Paulus, and, and then Saul-Paul. <laughs> I just I had to. It's corny. <laughs> and so verse six, let's go back into it. OK. And when they had gone through the island to Paphos, they found a certain source, a false prophet, a Jew whose name was Bar-Jesus. And the thing that we have to understand about Paphos is it's a capital okay, uh, city in Cyprus. So remember, this is the whole idea in terms of where MBT gets their Ideology of how we're going to plant churches or how we make our investments, key men, key cities. Okay, we want to make sure that we kind of make an investment there. Why? Because, well, this is going to be a place that has a lot, it's a big place. If we give the gospel in this place, what happens. It's an island, so there's a lot of trade that is coming through in that area, and you notice we won't go back. But in in that map, it's not that far away from other land masses. So you know they're getting a lot of traffic there, right? But there's something super interesting about, this is the evidence of that governor that is there over the whole aisle. And it's this individual that says, hey, I want to hear more about this. So whatever the fame of what he heard on the East Coast got to the West Coast, and now he's like, hey, let's have some of that. Now the thing, this is where, man, (laughs) The Lord just slapping me around. It's so good. Is when you get to a certain sorcerer, and I want you to focus on something. The Lord highlights the fact that this person is a Jew. This is an absolute assault of what it is that the Lord has separated Israel from. By him being a Jew and a sorcerer, let me remind you of something. Exodus twenty-two, eighteen: 18. Thou shalt not suffer a witch to live. That's how the Lord's viewpoint is of this type of thing. Israelis are probably above anybody know their history and heritage better than anybody. For one, it's documented. <laughs> we study it. <laughs> it's the Bible, right? You don't think that this guy knows who he is, where he comes from. Brother, what are you doing? And then he says he's a false prophet. So on top of that, we should be stoning this cat. Let's see what the Lord's viewpoint on that is. Deuteronomy 13, 1 through 3 says, if there arise among you a prophet or a dreamer of dreams, and give it thee a sign or a wonder, and the sign of the wonder come to pass, whereof he spake unto thee, saying, let us go after other gods which thou hast not known, and let us serve them. What does it say? Verse 3, thou shalt not hearken unto the words of that prophet. Or that dreamer of dreams, for the Lord your God proveth you to know whether you love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. And so to this, I say, you know better. Now, of course, you know I'm setting you up. It's kind of like a volleyball. <laughs> setting you up for the serve. You know better. And in Leviticus 18:1 through 5, it says something. This is the thing that he must be reminded of. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak ye unto the children of Israel and say unto them, I am the Lord your God. After the doings of the land of Egypt, wherein ye dwell, ye shall not do. And after the doings of the land of Canaan, whether I bring you, ye, ye shall not do, neither shall ye walk in their ordinances. Ye shall do my judgments and keep my ordinances to walk therein. I am the Lord your God, and ye shall therefore keep my statutes and my judgments, which if a man do, he shall live in them. I am the Lord. Amen. It is utter disrespectful for Elimaeus to be taking this viewpoint, to be a sorcerer and a false prophet for everything that the Lord has done. And so, Christian, there's this idea, that first key point. It's not enough to be called out by God. We must be separate unto him. See, just because the Lord had done all of what he had done in Exodus did not guarantee that those individuals were going to follow after. And we know we lost an entire generation. And so now, perhaps it is that you have called on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. But now culture's got you. And now you look like the culture. So remember when I said that the world is one of your enemies, he has simply adopted the structure of which, where he lives. Brother, you are a Jew. That should be a reminder of your identity. And so to you, Christian, this morning, I say, you are a Christian. You are the Lord's. And I don't get to just adopt the culture around me. This is why the circumstances and situations that I have, I cannot answer them by the world's means. They must be resolved. They must be solved by the Lord Jesus. I have a word to go to. I have a Holy Spirit to rely on. Man, this is disrespectful. We should see it as that. And in terms of the spiritual warfare and being led in the spirit, guys, that what nothing about bar Jesus, which even that, okay, that means son of Jesus. And I love that in terms of title, how he wants to associate himself with that. But let's see what the book says. The book says this in Romans 8:14: for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Bar Jesus, you don't get to just title yourself that, my friend. You're not being led by the Spirit. You're doing what you want to do. You are so <laughs> carnal that now you are with- withstanding. The gospel, a salvation. <sighs> Guys, it's not enough to be called out by God. We must separate ourselves unto him. Second Corinthians 6, 16 and 17 says, and what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them and will be their God and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. So Christian, listen, is that enough this morning? That the Lord's arms are stretched out and open, and he's saying, I will receive you. Well, Lord, I want to handle this situation on my own. I will receive you. But Lord, I'm afraid of how this is going to go out, and so now I'm just kind of, I got I to handle it the old way that I used to, that failed me many times, but I'm going to try it again because somehow maybe it will work. I will receive you. I think it's a viewpoint that we have to really just kind of consider. See, listen, man, There, the allowance of difficulty in your life is on purpose, but the Lord is looking for a response that you would draw not to him. It's not just to have you having an obstacle course like it's Double Dare. For anybody old enough, you should know it. It was the best show ever, okay? And so if you don't, shame on you, and I'm praying for you. The peanut butter sandwich that was, (laughs) praise the Lord, you must watch it. (laughs) But listen, the Lord is not that, that game show host. And we kind of treat him like that. And so that any time that we have any trouble, man, it's automatic. I'm going to abandon you, Lord. I'm going to start doing what I think is right. Guys, don't adopt the culture. One of the things I learned when I went to El Salvador with James and and Joe Paul and Ryan Blackstock, we had this kind of uh, introduction to missions. And the first thing he said was, you are not American. I just, I never forgot that. Because you know how Americans are. There's an entitlement. When I step on your soil, where is the Starbucks and the McDonald's? I don't understand. What are y'all doing here? This country's off. <laughs> I don't see bacon, so nope. <laughs> I'm mad. I'm, dis- I'm disappointed, right? Man, I, I think the thing is, is if I have to, in missions, abandon my Americanness, then perhaps even more so. The culture of how I was brought up has to be abandoned. The community that I live in has to be abandoned, that the thing that people see isn't where I come from. It has to be Jesus. Bar Jesus hasn't figured that out. Verse 7, which was with the deputy, so here he is, This guy is so messed up that he has attached himself to Sergius. And I find it interesting that he has attached himself. He didn't get invited. Sergius is looking for Paul and Barnabas. You guys notice that? Who asked you to come? Oh, that's how the devil does, though. He likes to show up. Nobody invited him anywhere. Which was with the deputy of the country, Sergius Paulus, a prudent man who called for Barnabas and Saul, and desired to hear the word of God. And that prudent, that here it is, means educated. And we know how the Lord feels about that. But I want to just draw attention to two verses in particular, Matthew eleven twenty five 25 and Luke, that says the same thing, but it's a little different in Luke. And we'll talk about that here in a minute. And uh, Matt eleven twenty five, 25, it says, at that time, Jesus answered, said, oh, I thank thee. O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent and hast revealed them unto babes. And so just pay attention to that contrast, that the Lord is saying the wise and prudent have been kept in the dark. The babes receive revelation. And you think about how a baby is, and like, especially a toddler age, don't they mimic everything that you, you do? Right, like they just... Everything you say, which is why you got to be careful, because they get the context. That's incredible to me that kids understand the context by which they say no or roll their eyes. And then you want to slap their eyes out of their head when they do that, right? <laughs> but that's like, there's something about that wise and prudent. Now, I'm not again, I'm not trying to throw Sergius under the bus, but the Lord is making a highlight to understand. He is educated. He has knowledge. The saving grace for him is that he's inquiring more. Hey, Paul, Barnabas, you guys come and explain better what it is I heard from the East Coast. This guy's a Gentile. And here it is, the Jewish guy, the sorcerer, the false prophet, the one that should know better, is acting like a Gentile. And the Gentile is seeking after the Lord. Kind of interesting kind of interesting. In Luke 10, 21, it almost says the same thing until the end. In that hour, Jesus rejoiced in the spirit and said, I, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent and hast revealed them unto babes. And listen, even so, Father, for so it seemed good in thy sight. This pleases the Father. Why? In 1 Corinthians 1:19, for it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. In order for Sergius to get whatever it is that he wants and what he thinks he wants, he's going to have to abandon what it is that he knows. Boy, Jesus isn't logical. If you think that you have a handle on that kind of love where a God would sacrifice his own son to make you sons and daughters, please explain it to me because I don't get that kind of love. Because I'm telling you, I'm not, if I had children, I'm not killing them. For one of you, and I love you guys to death, but I'm not killing my son to make you family. You see what I'm saying? That doesn't make sense. (laughs) And you have to abandon that logic of it having to make sense and just enter into that space of like, Lord, I'm undone by your love for me. Christian, are we over that this morning? Is whatever circumstance or situation I'm in telling me that now somehow that whatever I'm going through has explained away the sheer love that God has has for me and what he's done for me? Man, and so listen, just like Sergius, are you seeking after that this morning? Where do you want the answer to come from? Is it more money on the check? I know it'd be easier, man, if your spouse would just tighten up, if your kids would just listen, if that boss would just stop being a jerk. But that's, that's a band-aid to the real problem. And I love that Sergius is reminding us what the real problem is. I, maybe there's something more I need to know about this Jesus. And listen, don't be ashamed if that's where you are this morning. Maybe there's something I need to know more. I guarantee you it is. There's something more about Jesus I need to know, right? And he puts me in situations and circumstances in order for me to find out what that is. Verse 8. But Ehulet, boy, excuse me. I don't know what happened there. (laughs) mouth is dry a little. Um, But Alomaeus. The sorcerer, for so is his name by interpretation, withstood them seeking to turn away the deputy from the faith. Listen, we got to understand something about this resist. And I have listed on the board, these are all the scripture references for that. You see that I didn't call one out. You should look at them. It's scary who, when you withstood something, who that's tied to. You can imagine who that's tied to, the devil himself. And so not only is Elimeus a prisoner of culture around him, has adopted the other gods and the other practices and ways, but now he is being fully used by the devil himself in that resist. This turn away that is mentioned here is to pervert. And a passing away from the faith, the Lord would call it perverse. Man, I... There's some, obviously, I don't want to adopt culture so much that now that's what I start to do. But guys, I'm telling you, that's where that leads to. When you make your banner and your flag, whatever the world tells you to make a banner or flag, and it's not the Lord Jesus Christ, you will also make the gospel perverse. Haven't we seen that this year, unfortunately? And I don't enjoy watching on Facebook people lose themselves to whatever social injustice that may or may may not be taking place. It's not a thing that I want to point out and see, look at that, foolishness. It breaks my heart because to uh, uh, Marcus's point, the Lord is not glorified. That's the issue. And so listen, we have to kind of get back to a point that just says that is my life highlight the glory of the Lord or not? Are the things that I say, my post, whether they be Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, I don't know, frickin' frack, slip slap, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know all, right? <laughs> right? And so whatever they are, are those posts, does that glorify the Lord? And I'm not just talking about your verse of the day. Sometimes you don't need to post. How about that? You just had a no post. Whatever you think or feel does not need, nobody needs to hear it or read it, right? Study to be quiet. Why don't we trust that verse? There's so much truth in it, right? Guys, there is a perverseness. There is an ugliness. There is a warning, I think, just in between these three individuals, these keep characters and how we see them and what it is that they're doing. It's super easy to just identify with Paul and try to pick how am I going to navigate life and all that. But I'm telling you, the Lord said, Hey, of Elimaeus, uh, this guy's a Jew. He knows better. And I think we know better too, but we don't always do it. So we really got to kind of examine just in terms of, what it is that we're about. And that faith that is mentioned there, turn away from the, from the faith. Obviously, we know that word is used in other places in Acts 17, 31 as assurance, how beautifully. And fidelity, Titus two ten, in reference to Christ, it denotes a strong and welcome conviction or belief that Jesus is the Messiah through whom we obtain eternal salvation in the kingdom of God. That is what Elomaeus is turning him away from. Huge. How dare you that you would set your heart in such a direction? In verse nine, we see then Saul, who is also called Paul, and we had already mentioned Saul being his Hebrew name, the uh, Greek name being Paul, filled with the Holy Ghost, set his eyes on him. And the thing that I want you to understand, set his eyes means in gazing intently, Looking for a countenance that might consider His words. Consider this. In Psalm 10:4 it says, "The wicked, through the pride of his countenance, will not seek after God. God is not in all His thoughts." Listen, I, I'm not saying that that's to any of you, but I pray that that's never any of you. That that's never a viewpoint, that your countenance does not shine forth the joy of salvation on you. This is why you hear me harp on this a lot, guys. You are are a reflector of the truth that exists in you. No circumstance, situation that you are in should dim that. Nothing. We have to get to a point where that's how we think about it. I'm not saying you gotta come in here all bubbly and you know just bouncing off the walls because that's annoying. <laughs> right? But I am saying that sometimes you temper that response. How are you doing? Man, pray for me. That's a good enough response. Just pray for me. I get it. If you give me that, that short, oh man, yeah, I'm I'm gonna get to it. And it's not like I'm saying I don't want to hear, but the thing is, is what are you doing? You're processing through it because you also trust that the Lord is going to come through in this situation you got going on. And man, that countenance and that water drip is bothering me. Uh, (laughs) And so I just think it's one of those things, right? Like, man, Saul is looking after what he is about to say to him, just looking to see, where is he at? What is his heart viewpoint? Well, in verse 10, let's get it. Let's see what he says. And he said, Oh, full of all subtlety. Oh, well, anytime you mix that, throw that word out there, you're like, well, I know who you just linked them to. <laughs> and all mischief, thou child of the devil, thou enemy of all righteousness, wilt thou not cease to pervert the right ways of the Lord? Man, that all subtlety, meaning guile, in Matthew 15, 19, it says, for out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. Man, out of that mischief, is wickedness, unscrupulousness, scrupulousness, scrupulousness, (laughs) and cunning. Man, that... That child, that son of Belial, as we would say in John 8.44, you guys know it, you've heard it here a lot. Ye are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, a bold not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. And so it's interesting that he entitled himself this Bar-Jesus, when really he is a child of the devil. By how he's acting, by his heart position, right? There's nothing about him that's redeeming. Now that righteousness that's mentioned there, I just got to tell you this because I was blown away by this. It. It's mentioned righteous 92 times. 36 of them are in Romans. Imagine that. Good book. Maybe she'll read it. <laughs> Those right ways. Listen to this. Of course is equivalent to straight. Hosea 14, 9 says, Who is wise, and he shall understand these things prudent, and he shall know them, for the ways of the Lord are right, and the just shall walk in them, but the transgressors shall fall therein. And so, man, if we just go back and look at what he says here, Thou child of the devil, thou enemy of all righteousness, wilt thou not cease to pervert the right ways of the Lord? Man, there is a viewpoint that the Lord has of his ways. There is a way, this is why we have to be willing to abandon our way. Right? Like you cannot stay on this position that just says that I can figure it out. You cannot. It was drawn up so that you don't. The Lord wants to be the answer. You don't like that's the part you you forgot. It is uniquely crafted for you to bring you to your knees. And yet the thing that we will do in submission like in the movies or something is like, we'll just one knee down, no, I'm going to rise up in my own way, because I am strong. And then it's like, no, <laughs> you're actually laying down. You didn't even know it, <laughs> right? You just got doubled over by the thing it is that you thought was going to work out for you. And here it is. Let's see how he gets doubled over. And now, oh, Lord. Stop him. Stop him from saying it. Change your countenance. Man, just confess your sin before him. Don't let him say what he's about to say next. Behold, the hand of the Lord is upon thee, and now shalt be blind, not seeing the sun for a season. And immediately there fell on him a mist and a darkness, and he went about seeking some to lead him by the hand. And that hand, symbolizing God's might, his activity, his power, but all of those things, in particular, when we see it here, is in punishment. This is a super sobering verse. Hebrews ten thirty it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Guys, listen, it doesn't uh, bring the Lord joy to have to show you how strong he is against you because you are frail. And you can be destroyed in a moment. That's not his hard position. The thing is, is that no matter what, and that's the thing that we understand about even this issue in uh, Israel and, and Palestinians, there's no joy in watching people who don't have the gift of salvation die in their own sin. But the Lord's hand, at some point, will move in this way. In a way that we seize is that's it. The great white throne, man, like that's the wrong line at the DMV. You do not, you do not want to be in that line because you're gonna get it brought up, and then, sorry, you're out of here. And here's why. Like we have to understand, like that's what's at risk for the people that surround us. This is why I can't be tripping out on my own thing, I have to understand there's something greater happening in the world. People are dying and going to hell. Period. Period. I didn't ask how you were doing, how you were feeling when you think about this situation. People are dying and going to hell. And the Lord has left us behind to do something about that. Just tell them. And I don't want to get in the way of that. I don't want to stop it. I don't want to somehow pervert it or make it seem perverse to those that are looking at my life and trying to evaluate that, right? Someday we will truly understand what it knows for some, that it's a fearful thing for them to fall into the hands of the living God. Guys, we have work to do. The Lord, with all his grace, is is delaying that day. And while he's holding it back, man, let's move forward in the thing that we should be moving forward in. Kingdom focus. That's our focus. Last verse. I love it. I love how this thing turned out, man. And I hate, you know, that obviously there is something So kind of ugly, you know, when it's saying not seeing a sun before we get to verse 12. That seeing is to observe it accurately and with desire. It's like, think about it. Just the simple rising of the sun, no longer will he get to enjoy that. That's how intently that seeing is, that now you will have lost sight of that and you won't get to enjoy that. Now you are just consumed by your darkness when that bringer of light has come into our lives, like like you you realize he's light. That's not, his point is not to keep you in the dark, but you got to come out of it, right? Like you have to make a choice and say, Lord, it's you. It's you and nothing else. Somebody got there. Verse 12, then the deputy, when he saw what was done, believed, being astonished at the doctrine of the Lord. Amen. And so I want to remind you of the verse that we started off with kind of as our anchor verse. In 2 Corinthians 10, 4, now read and 5. Because this is what I want you to do this week. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And what do I have to do? Cast down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. That's what I have to do. It starts today. You know how your mind runs amok. Man, it is amazing to me the amount of things I can think of and be doing something completely opposite of what I'm thinking about. And the Lord is saying, bring those things, cast them, throw them down. Like, throw them down. So what thing is weighing heavy on your mind that now you need to throw down? Sergius had to consider the great wisdom that he had, being a prudent man, has to throw that down in light of what he saw, what he heard. And now, guess what? He accepts Jesus Christ. Here's your last key point. The best way to fight a spiritual battle is to abandon all that you know. Seek the Lord. Abandon all that you know. All that you think you know, grandma's wisdom, great. Find it for yourself in the book. Those friends' wisdom, those people we hang out with, man, we give a lot of space, man, even news people, whether I'm Fox or CNN, MSN, NBC, whatever. Man, stop, don't let, those people don't get to tell me what to think when I have the Bible. In conclusion is this, Elimaeus reminds us to separate from the world. Paul reminds us the fight is the Lord's. He didn't lay a hand on him. What do he say? The hand of the Lord is upon me. That's how you fight a spiritual battle. Let the Lord fight your battle. You can't win. It's like Rocky. I heard her say that in my head when I just said that. Rocky's like, you can't win. <laughs> <laughs> now You remember. <laughs> And listen, Sergius reminds us that no matter what state we're in, the Lord is ready to receive us. Now, you can be wise in your own conceits, but you got to be willing to throw it down. So, listen, it's not over today. Maybe you woke up on the wrong side of the bed, but now upon hearing this, you got a decision you got to make. And so, I'm just asking you who, who has your ear this morning? Is it the Lord? Is it your friends? Is it your circumstances? Is it your own shame, your past? Pfft, your past, that one, that, it's crucified, buried. Listen, I in order for us to not just look at Paul like some kind of hero that deserves a statue and just see him as a man, is you got to do it in the spirit. And there's a way, there's a way to wage war. So do it the way that the Lord set up you're too weak to handle it. So let him do it, right? Let God's hand be on that situation and move it for you. And watch your countenance. Watch your ways. Consider where it is that you are this morning. Do people know that you have faith? God placed you in their lives so that they could. You realize that, right? And so let's pray this morning. Let's, let's seek the Lord and See if perhaps the things that we've been reminded of that we could attend to. Heavenly Father, Lord, we do just thank you for your word. And we thank you for what it is that you have shown us through these three men. Father, I do pray that we would not just adopt the culture uh, that we're in. Even the culture of struggle. The, the culture of poor decisions that just constantly lead, lead us in this cycle of that we just live in the consequences. We don't even get to have an attack from the enemy because we have just ruined our own lives. Father, help us to just see clearly. You are the answer in salvation and you are the answer for our life. Lord, thank you for Sergius just to see his example. Despite everything that was happening, and we know the bewitching that takes place when you're just enticed by sorcery, the Lord, that he abandoned it and he accepted you, Lord. Thank you for your receiving, loving arms. Lord, I pray that you would do that in this class and that we might consider you have all the answers, you have all the comfort, you are all powerful. Lord, you are our stay. Be with us, Lord, as we consider that this morning. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.